0: What's up, family? Welcome back to the Stop Sinking Show. Let me ask you something. What's your relationship with control? Do you consider yourself a control freak or somewhere at least on the spectrum of asserting more control on things in your life? Or are you a laid-back, take-things-as-they-come type of person? Okay, here's the harsh truth. Especially for those who think that they are not control-hungry. The truth is, everything you do in your life is to assert control. It's to exert power over a situation that you are in. To have it in your grasp. And power, simply defined, is a degree of control over your future events. So again, if you're honest, you are constantly trying to negotiate with tomorrow that you are walking towards and trying to affect it in some way, shape, or form. And even if you still disagree and retreat to a meditative monk state and feel free from all the desires of the world, let me again tell you some harsh truth. Even that is a tactic to exert control. You're letting go of control, accepting that you don't have any, is in itself your attempt to control your mindset and framing around your lack of it. And maybe you've gotten there because of true enlightenment or because of being crushed by the pressures of what it takes to make a good life. Either way, your acceptance of powerlessness is in itself a way to control your perception have power over your perception of how you will take in and react to what is happening outside of it. So your acceptance of powerlessness gives you a degree of power, of control, at least on your reactions to what happens in the world as it unfolds, as the future unfolds, which is outside your degree of control over it. So even if you don't believe me, You are never going to get away from the control game. So why is this important to talk about? Because since we can't get away from control, what it is that you are putting effort into controlling says a lot about the direction of your life and where it will flow. And a lot of times, what we should be controlling overwhelms us, triggers fears and insecurities immediately, and in a way to deal with it, what we do to satisfy still the need for control, when we realize we are not controlling the things that overwhelm us because the thing that we should be controlling is out of control, to satisfy the need for control still, we assert control over something else instead. Something else becomes the proxy for what the control we're seeking in our lives. I'll tell you how I discovered this in my life. Over the past four to five years, and maybe a little bit longer, and made worse by the pandemic, for sure, I developed a form of OCD. And now I've probably had OCD manifest in many different ways throughout my childhood, from blinking too much to counting things. And there's probably some unknown diagnosis for my level of crazy. But I was able to overcome all of those things, and have always had control over them when I noticed them. I mean, I would literally would keep my eyes open to the point of dry tears to exert control over my blinking too much. And I've always found a way to break out of my OCD. But over the past few years, though, it's been more of a cleanliness type of OCD, what they call contamination OCD. So if something I don't consider clean touches something I think is clean, I would alcohol wipe and clean up the thing again and make it, quote unquote, safe for me again. So why am I sharing this? Because it took me really looking into this for me to understand why I do it and what consequence am I trying to avoid? What am I afraid of? And now it started after I almost died of pneumonia many years ago. So it had roots in some real concerns around wanting to avoid illness. But over time, the reasons for OCD this contamination OCD got further and further away from the avoidance of disease, even though that part of it did resurface during the pandemic and was validated. I mean, for someone with OCD, the world felt safer knowing that actual now normal people are thinking about and are taught that the door handles are not as clean as they thought, or they should wash their hands properly. It was kind of comforting for the OCD part of me, to be honest. So. But still, when I ask myself, and this is how I know that this OCD is not necessarily related to the illness part, when I really ask myself, what if I didn't do this cleaning of the object? What would happen? What would be the worst thing that would happen? And the answer that came back from inside of me never really boiled down to fear of being sick. It was much deeper than that. And when I traced back my cleanliness OCD, and when it started, it was around a time when I moved into a basement in Queens, forcefully. And prior to that, I was living on a floor that I had just newly renovated, which I considered clean, and the niceness of it itself, and just being surrounded by all the things that I had built and renovated, made me feel like I was doing something right in my life, and All those things never triggered any OCD in me. I don't remember having it. But when I found my life living in this basement in an apartment that was too small and uncomfortable, much of which I took little pride in. So now I'm not feeling that I'm doing something right in my life and left all this cleanliness of this apartment that I took very little pride in and was uncomfortable and small. I left the cleanliness of it up to my girl. And the more and more it was out of my hands, the more and more I found my OCD to get worse. Which, connecting to my original point, the more I felt out of control in my environment, the more my environment felt limiting to me, literally like an underground apartment would, the more I found my OCD worsen. Which, in reflection, I realized was a proxy for me to exert control in some small physical aspect of my life, at least something on the upkeep of some small physical things when my life was out of control, that maybe it would offset the dread and fool me from the lack of control that I have over every other aspect of my life. And the less good I felt I was doing in my life, the more I found my OCD worsen. And not surprisingly, it became most noticeable when, you know, the natural pendulum of life swings you back to the other side and you don't feel as bad about your life where i am operating with purpose and feel better about my life and now immediately a relief is felt on the ocd front and that's when it became most noticeable this relationship between control and ocd and all of a sudden i don't care if something is dirty and touches something clean As long as it has a general level of cleanliness, I'm not alcohol-wiping things like crazy anymore. So what is OCD for me manifests itself in several other ways in several other people. The point is to ask yourself what your proxy is. And what is it hiding? Or not seeing the need being met of and sweeping it under the rug? Where do you feel powerless in your life? And how else are you exerting that power to mask it? You may resort to retail therapy when you are depressed. You may eat your feelings away or starve them away. You may work them away. You may drink, smoke, or use them away in some other way. You might even do other low-level tasks that make you feel productive as a form of indulgence to offset this lack of control, you may reorganize your room a thousand times, your file folders, your email inbox, constantly update your calendar in more productive ways. You may hold on to things, items. You may treat things very nicely more than you treat people because you can control an inanimate object. You may do the exact opposite and define yourself as someone who needs nothing. Again, there are a thousand different ways in which what is OCD for me may manifest for you. All again to remind you that you are attempting to exert control. And what I'm trying to share through my story, and hopefully in reflection you can think of something that you may be doing this with, to think about what exactly is the replacement activity, the proxy for the power you are seeking, and what life is it hiding Behind it, for you to go and claim. Because in all your attempts to seek control by substituting it, you are leaking that productive energy on what instead could be getting controlled on what really does matter to you. And paradoxically, the energy will just flow as soon as you find purpose. And take you away from what you are spending... This destructive energy on when you don't have something productive to keep your hands busy with. What you are hiding, what you are running away from, is the answer you need to find out. What are you trying to stuff away? Because let's face it, even in all the effort to push all your feelings away, they never really go away, do they? And that becomes apparent when you recognize your chosen coping mechanisms and realize how your reliance on them is not heading in the right direction. They're not loosening their reliance on them. So what's the solution to this? Well, first, bravery. Having the courage to stop lying to yourself and taking the steps to get in touch. It takes a lot of courage to get in touch with your body, to feel those feelings, to trace down what fears are hiding behind all your attempts at control. And using that courage to get clear on what it is those fears are pointing at to take control of instead. What signal are they sending you? And what are they hiding that is really the real thing you should be working on that you're using something else as a substitute to spend the energy on instead? And in that, the second solution will be found, which is some purpose. If you get clear on what those fears are pointing at, you will find some purpose, some overarching desire maybe, or some want or some vision that you can have, that you have for yourself, that you are terrified to go and pursue. And even if it still scares the hell out of you and doesn't cease the coping mechanisms in a day, just having the clarity on what you truly want something you've probably spent so long suppressing and muting that just the knowledge of it puts you well above your current state. And lastly, the solution would be to stop fueling this proxy war within yourself. Realize that the intentions are aligned of the person inside of you that's running away and the person inside of you that you're running from. Those two both want the same things for you. Safety and security. The only thing is, though, the one that's running away into meaningless activities in which you exert control over instead, the one that's running away provides you with short-term access to safety and security. It fools you for the temporary time being that all is okay as you lose yourself in a meaningless activity and it calms your nerves for the immediate term. But the one and the one you're running from, which again also has aligned intentions of safety and security, also wants to provide you with security, the one you're running from represents the one that wants all for you, that has more to give you. And this one provides you with much more longer-lasting stability and security and safety. But the compromise that it comes with is that the time building up to this longer-term stability, you may encounter in the short-term periods and seasons of uncertainty and doubt and instability. And that's what you're running away from. So to stop fueling this proxy war would be to recognize that both of the ones inside of you want the same thing for you. So it's really up to you. Short-term ease, that is to escape from a never-ending war, or a few thorough years of battle in trade for everlasting peace and prosperity. And my thinking is, if you're going to war anyway, make sure you're on the right side. I love you, family. Please share the show if you think it would be helpful to someone else. Love you always. Stay true.